0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. On this week's episode, we will be talking about the Michigan basketball team, which has run into a very specific defensive problem. And what's the deal with Isaiah Livers? We've got football recruiting and coaching news and more. The first thing, guys, I want to talk about is our bowl mania pool because I won. I didn't participate so I you know I <laughs> you Let's are a no-points <laughs> I didn't and try God have mercy on your soul uh, I ended up tying for first with someone else but this person did not put in the tiebreaker score so even though my score was not particularly accurate it was you enough would. to get me the win by default what was your score I think I had like 27 24. So did you take LSU or Clemson I had LSU but in the when I asked for you guys' predictions yesterday, yeah, yeah. So you were the only one to I know. Clemson. I want to feel like I'm hedging and I would be right no matter what, and I could <laughs> I could say I had Clemson. I don't know. I mean, I just I did have a change of heart. Obviously, with you know that one I picked before the season, before the bowl started, now, I could have changed it, but I didn't want to change it. You now they were the favorite, and uh, I don't know. I don't know why I switched to Clemson in our picks. Thing. Well, according to your message, yeah, it was because well, only Lawrence. one man was brave enough to pick the team whose quarterback has. Never lost. Yeah, man,
1: he was and not very good. Monday. He was,
0: yeah. not, he was not particularly good. I've learned not to use the past
2: to project the future. Well, what do you use to project the future then? You didn't I project in any way. You made no, no picks. No, no, <laughs> no, I mean for the my picks. Oh, gotcha. I, t- yeah, yeah. I picked LSU to win. Yeah, yeah, they were favored. Yeah. I don't they won know, by I've, more than
0: I think any of us said. Yeah, yeah, it was the way the game started. I was yeah. not. I mean, it should have been 24. They should have scored the end. Yeah, too, right? sure. Yeah, they could have. They could have. Oh, I don't think yeah. I don't know. Anyway, takeaways from the national championship, Ryan. You had a story actually about this, about how here are the teams that competed for the national right. championship. And here's what Michigan is lacking that those teams had. Yes, would you like to speak about that? A yeah, bit? I think the biggest thing was I mean, obviously, it
1: starts with the quarterback position. Both guys are considered elite players yeah. at their position. Obviously, Joe Burrow played better than, than Lawrence yesterday. And I mean, he had one of the best seasons in college football history. I mean, yeah. 60 passing touchdowns, almost 6,000 yards passing. I mean,
0: their team in general did too. I mean, not really, you know, somebody under 726
1: points scored were the most in the AP poll era, and that's including facing seven
0: top 10 teams this year. Yeah, it's, and I mean, at the end of the day, they, they get to the win over, you know, their two playoff wins two best wins of the season yeah. essentially beating, Ohio State and Clemson yeah. on neutral fields and then Alabama a team that turned right. out to Beat be Georgia in the SEC championship okay, Georgia mean, right a team that finished in the top five with yeah. four or something like that okay yeah, yeah.
2: that's yeah. a heck of a season those numbers you guys mentioned and the points scored I think it's just a reflection of the, the game of football nowadays it's an offensive line yeah. game it's the, it's run and shoot as you saw the other night they connected on so many big plays and, and Burrow he's a good player like he's, he's <laughs> yeah. a really good player and he was um, a third
0: string in Ohio State I mean this is right. what I was talking about that these, these yeah. top programs have an excess of of quarterbacks and Mm -hmm. talent. And I know he he considered Michigan, or at least visited, or Michigan contacted him. There was, you know, when he did his his transfer, Michigan was was interested, at least. But, yeah, it didn't land him, and Again, I mean, we see with Alabama too. You know, guy like Jalen Hurts that they can just. Uh, I wonder how many teams are going to
1: try and implement maybe like a new offense, kind of like what LSU did this year. They bring in Joe Brady, and he kind of just transforms their whole offense and turns them into an elite offense that college football really hasn't seen in quite some time. I mean, that's what he was able to do with that program, and it it starts. It starts with receivers too. I mean, they had two receivers with over fifteen hundred yards receiving this year, Mm -hmm. and like I mentioned this in the article, like Michigan had. Talented receivers this year but they didn't have that deep threat that can just burn by opposing team secondaries get open and go off for like a 75 yard touchdown i mean jefferson and chase were unbel- unbelievable during the playoffs i mean chase on monday what he was able to do
2: was uh, quite impressive against man coverage it just goes to show what good recruiting and player development can do for a team I mean, Michigan's been, you know, middling for a while with it comes to recruiting. They've had some good classes. Yeah. Nine catch some up. Play. Yeah. And, and you're going to develop the talent and, and turn them into good players. LSU's done that. You saw that with Burrow and some of the receivers. And it's a blueprint, I think, many programs, you know, be looking at in the future. I, I did crunch some numbers for the last four recruiting classes. And Michigan's average ranking
1: was the same as Clemson's during that span, at number 11 in the country. So I mean, Clemson did bring in nine. Five star prospects during that time compared to five for Michigan. And Michigan had one of them transferred as well and hasn't really gotten as much production. But I mean, it shows that, yeah, player development, I think, is the biggest key here. I mean, LSU was, had an average ranking of seventh in the country, which is solid. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's not top five,
0: not top two. Not so, than I mean, Michigan, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And they're certainly playing catch up with what you said about modernizing the offense and things like that. Michigan took that step last year. We'll see now if they can start recruiting to it, you know, making it their, you know, their staple button. I mean, the highlight of the game, I guess, besides um, the Dr. Pepper Big Fan reveal, <laughs> would be the post-game story of Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. just passing out cash to players right on the field. <laughs> just right I, after the game, I love. He's <laughs> not not trying to hide oh, it. 100 Super and LSU's response, you, Aaron, you say is
2: it was fake money? Fake. I, I don't know if LSU somebody was saying it was not fake money. buying that. Well, I
0: would Odell oh, <laughs> <no, laughs> Fake money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can redeem this as a coupon, like on my website <laughs> or something. No. It was real money that he was just passed out. You can see the one guy's eyes like light up when he gives him that <laughs> I mean you talk about these hundred dollar no,
2: handshakes. That's the the is, players can't the- be they can't be in trouble it, then it comes back to LSU then similarly if they're going to investigate it maybe they will I don't know but then it, it's weird because the players several of those guys are going to the NFL so they'll be long gone by the time yeah. the whole. if I there mean, isn't I saw right. several so, videos
0: one with like a CNN reporter like in the middle of it he's witnessing he's, oh my god yeah, this he, is my opportunity but, he and doing? he doesn't ask about it he's yeah. then like oh what does it mean to have yeah. this team win I was like really didn't just ask about what you just witnessed <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's other videos with Odell in the locker room saying he's going to sell this <laughs> a player was wearing his, his <laughs> cleats and he was talking about He's going to sell them for like 200000 or something like that. I mean, it was just, this is what my you know, SEC. It just means more. Wow. That was blatant and I respect him. I mean, he wasn't trying to do anything under the table. No, he yeah. was literally on the field.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, had he made a big, there, yeah. Had he made a big <laughs> bet
0: or he was just right. a proud alum? I don't really know what's going on there. But considering that, some that of something.
1: the past the Odell Beckham I won't say scandals, but kinda of <laughs> while yeah, moments like this one is definitely one of my favorites. Yes. It is kinda of, it's harmless
0: and yeah. yeah it's blatant. blatant, yeah. It's blatant. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um we'll get back to football. There are some things to talk about from and recruiting and you know, coaching news. But, you know, basketball season is actually happening here. Big Ten games are being played. You know, Michigan is really missing Isaiah Livers. I think that almost can be forgotten because now it's been a few games. And they've had, they certainly had a chance to win the Minnesota game Mm -hmm. without him. But that doesn't negate the fact that he's not there. And he was their leading scorer before he left. And he's their best outside shooter. And he's, you know, key upperclassmen. Some teams could afford to lose a guy like that. Michigan really can't. And sure, they looked fine against teams, you know, in the bottom third of the country without him. But now it's Big Ten action, and they're one and two without him. Again, losing their two road games, winning their home game. I'm not sure he makes a difference against Michigan State, but I think he would against Minnesota. So I guess the the next question, of course, is when is he going to come back? I'd say ask again later, as the Magic 8 ball would say. Thursday, this reporter at least is going to really attempt to get to the bottom of this because we've kind of just gotten the day-to-day from Juwan – and I'm just going to say, what does that mean? Because to me, day to day means you don't know today if he might play tomorrow. Right. Okay. I agree. They've known in these days that he's not going to play the next day because he didn't practice and he doesn't dress for the games. So to me, that's more of a week to week thing. And by that, you could say, like, okay, how is he progressing? You know, is there a target date? You know, what's going on here? Because now we'll have, you know, a gap of five days between games with the next one not being till Friday and then the one after that not till Wednesday. So, you know, I can understand when there's a Thursday, Sunday game, that might have been. There wasn't much time there to get a reassessment of things, but I don't know. I saw him out on the floor on, on Sunday, and he was actually still in sweats, but he actually had a ball in his hand at one point. He was kind of joking around, throwing up shots. So he does seem to be getting
2: better. I have to think the day-to-day thing is maybe a tactical mm-hmm. thing from Juwan and the Michigan coaching staff to make the opponents think they have to somewhat prepare. I know coaches do all the time with football. Yeah, Obviously, there are fewer games, and, and there's more people to prepare for it, but... I don't know, either the blatantly lying or yeah. Just I mean, he's he's be been a,
0: misleading at times because yeah. when we asked about you know whether we he thought he would suit up for Michigan State, he said you know a decision hasn't been made or he hadn't thought about it. And then we we don't even ask the players directly; we just kind of talk about the lineups. And you know, a player will say something like, "Yeah, it's, you know, it stinks that we're not going to have Isaiah out there." You're like, "Oh, you're not <laughs> like so." You know, they know they see what's yeah. happening in practice. Right. I, I will say that having experienced
1: a uh, severe groin injury in the past, they it is tough to. You can, might think that you're getting close to coming back, and then when you try and push it a little bit, then you can easily have a setback. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess they might not always want to publicize that or two, but it, it's it's a hard injury to gauge timeline-wise when it's going to fully heal and
0: when you're going to be back to 100%. Because it is really tough to get back to 100%. In season with, with a growing injury. Yeah, I don't see the huge benefit in making teams think he might play when he's going to, if he's not going to play. I, I just, I, I kind of know what's going on. I mean, if he hasn't played the previous game, I, I don't know. I just find it kind of strange. But yeah, their bigger problem. And, you know, now at this point, Ryan, we both oh, written about yeah. it because, it, you know, it, it, happened, happened, it yeah. happened again, uh, which is uh, an opposing uh, center, you know, Big Ten, big man, just dominating Michigan. And, you know, if they, if they win, then it's not a huge deal. But they've lost now a couple of these games. So it's kind of like, OK, are you going to make a change or you, you, he's admittedly Stubborn. That's what he's called himself. But yeah, Big Ten, the the five Big Ten centers Michigan has faced are now averaging 29.8 points per game. Started with Luca Garza of Iowa, career high 44. Uh, Then Kofi Coburn of Illinois, 19. uh, 14 rebounds, too. uh, Xavier Tillman in Michigan State, 20. Travion Williams of Purdue, 36, twice his previous career high. Then on Sunday, Daniel Oturu of Minnesota posted career high 30, with 20 in the first half. Three career highs in in five games is not exactly what. What you want to see no no they're just handing out these awards i mean i can tell you who's going to win big 10 player of the week next week it's probably going to be Luca garza again because that's just how it's gone this week it was actually funny oturu like he and uh Trevon Williams, shared it you know the two guys at faced michigan shared the award but yeah basically it, it comes down to they are making john tesky play one-on-one defense in the post not sending any sort of help i don't know so like, the question if you, if is you it, think-
2: have they changed their tune on that is yeah. do, are they going to do something different
0: we will see. He yeah. was asked and he said, you know, I'm always reevaluating. Right. So I, I thought after the, the Purdue game, when, when Howard
1: was saying he's stubborn and like, yeah, like we still believe in John Testy that, all right, they're going to, they're going to Minnesota and say, you know what? We're not going to let O2 beat us mm-hmm. and kind of change and just show that you're trying to make an adjustment mm-hmm. and, and force them to make those threes. Cause yeah, I know you're trying to limit that, but all right, make them do that. And then yeah. you can always go back to, all right, we'll go back to man, our man on man inside and, and see, and force them to go back Inside, but uh, obviously that was not the case. And oturu scored uh, thirty points on thirteen of eighteen shooting,
0: so right. pretty I mean, efficient there. Illinois is the worst Big Ten team by far in three point shooting, and that was a team that again they stuck with that strategy. Purdue's near the bottom; they're under twenty eight percent from three. Uh, Minnesota's in the bottom half. These are not like you know elite three point shooting teams to begin with, and again. As you mentioned, you don't have to pick one strategy and go with it. You can some possessions you do it, some Angel you don't. Um, right. You you kind of you dig it's called with the guard we tends to go in there and they're not even really doing that. There's no fear. They're reposting there. Uh, some some plays uh Oturu get the ball to three point line and turns back to Teskey and just go to work from there. <laughs> like there's no threat of anyone coming to help. So, I don't know you'll see. These other teams double team Michigan, Teskey sometimes. Yeah. They, he doesn't necessarily just kick out for an open three. It's it's harder than it the looks to pass out of a double team and get right. and hit the open mm-hmm. shot. Find the open man so it's interesting and again this is you don't think that i know what i'm talking about fine uh i went back and watched some of the game and and robbie hummel uh the analyst from btn calling the game you know said the same thing like he'd really like i'd really like to see them throw a big uh, double team at him at some point he says and it just never came so we'll see you know the modern game is predicated on three-point shooting and Michigan is you know second or third in the country I believe and limiting the three but all that matters is their overall defense has taken a huge step back from the last couple of years and some of that's personnel they don't have Charles Matthews anymore and then some of it, it it's not just on John Teske inside it's it's denying some of these drives to the basket too on the perimeter it's just kind of strange like Xavier Simpson John Teske have these reputations as elite one-on-one defenders at their positions and you've seen Michigan get burnt by some of the, by opposing point guards and centers. It's been kind of strange. So I don't know exactly what's behind that. You wouldn't, you'd think defense would be pretty steady, right? A guy wouldn't mm-hmm. just get better or get, you know, significantly worse at that from one year to the next. So interesting to watch, but uh, yeah, the schedule sends them to Iowa on Friday. Um, They're what?
2: owing three now in true road game on four. True road
0: games 0-4 in true road Road games games, Right With the three Big Ten losses And then um, At Louisville And that's just a trend For the the Big Ten There have been Five Big Ten road wins 32 losses Something like that 37 losses Whatever it it is
1: The the Purdue Mission State game Was probably the biggest Surprise of the season After a uh, I mean, what Mission State was doing—they were on a roll—and go to Purdue and absolutely lay yeah. today them. And we're dominated by Purdue, yeah. Which is—it's crazy I mean, what's going on. In it's the difficult
2: the to year. win on the road in any sport, any mm-hmm. any season. But like this is in particular, yeah. This is different than
0: usual, absolutely. Amazing. So yeah, it'll be interesting how the committee selection tournament, yeah. selection committee for the NCAA tournament views this at the end of the year. You know, if like you've just got a cluster of teams that around 500 who won on the road, won at home and <laughs> lost on the road. Do you take that in consideration? Hey, the Big Ten was just loaded this year, and it was very hard to win on the road. Every team struggled with it, so we're not going to knock them too much for their overall record. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it is interesting to see. So that I don't know. That makes it even more when you've got a game that you can win you got to get it, and they were up double digits in the first half and just let it slip away in the final minutes of the first half. They were right there tied in the final three minutes, and then they just went scoreless for a good stretch there at the end. So, yeah, it's, again, not having livers is, is tough. So I don't know. I mean, other things I guess I I suggest that they do uh, as they try to trim this rotation down. I mean, you're giving a few minutes a game to Adrian Nunez and those minutes aren't really going so well for him and for Michigan. So, yeah, if those minutes instead go to David DeJulius. I think that makes more sense. You don't want Teske playing, you know, 35 minutes. So I still think he needs his subs, but maybe – decide on Colin Castleton or Austin Davis or go game by game instead of giving them each three minutes, you know, kind of figure out which guy you want there. You know, Eli Brooks has not been shooting the ball well at all lately, but he's still, they rave about his defense. So, you know, I see reasons to keep him on the floor and, and, you know. Someone's got to play defense. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Someone's got to do it. So, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's just, it's it's right now there, I don't don't think there's reason to, to panic, but you are getting beat by the same thing over and over. So how 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 you know, long will they continue to just uh, you know let this happen? We'll see. Because Iowa again, Garza already torched them for forty four, and Michigan won that game. They won that game because they scored one hundred and three points, right. <laughs> um, and they did shut down pretty much everyone else. So you want to roll the dice that no one else will will do anything again? Okay, but again, mm-hmm. you know, going on the road where they haven't won Iowa has not lost a big 10 game yet at home you know again it's just been the five big 10 road wins and three of them involve wisconsin they've won two as as a road team and they lost one as a home team so wisconsin's just kind of weird team other than them yeah there's just been the two rutgers at nebraska and uh i think michigan state did get yeah they won at northwestern so you know the worst teams in the league have, have have lost at home each but yes, it's amazing that's pretty much all i have to say on the basketball front uh, probably before we record our next podcast jawan howard's son jace will announce where he's going to school that's happening on january 20th on monday mm-hmm. uh, what's your production for michigan, michigan. it's <laughs> michigan but you know it's not a done deal i mean right. he is he he will be visiting in ivy you know, brown university he's doing an official visit when they're on a road game just because that's how the schedule worked out for him but he'll be at that brown yale game this coming weekend and make his decision right after that. I mean, we talk about this with football. Sometimes the yeah. team that gets the last crack at you sure. has an advantage, I don't hey, know. A, outweighed by the fact that his dad is the
2: coach on one of these schools. So. Yeah. I mean it's it's clear to me that he wants a good education and he could still get that at Michigan. Right. And you could play a more competitive brand of basketball exactly. too. So and you have your dad there as a the yep. coach. So there's a lot going I think Michigan has a lot in its court right now.
0: now yeah. And
1: he would be on scholarship
0: at Michigan yes. as well. Uh, he, he told would. me that is all he's discussed. Walking on has never been discussed. So. Okay. Yes. There was some confusion over some interview he gave where he said he's gonna sign in April and it'll all make sense why he waited and I said I mentioned that. I was like, I think that's why people are confused. He goes, yeah, that was just weird wording by me. I don't know why I, don't know why I said that. I didn't mean anything by it. It was just like it would make sense why I waited because I took my time. I wanted it, my decision to make sense. He didn't mean it would make sense right. to other people. So there's that. So, yeah, I guess when you transition from hoops recruiting to football recruiting, what is new there? Yeah, what's new is that actually the Michigan's 2022
1: class has as many commits as the 2021 class at this point. Miles Rouser, uh, a safety from who played at Belleville, last year who just transferred to detroit martin luther king last month just announced his commitment on monday he hasn't ranked yet by the 24 7 sports composite but he's generated significant interest nationally has more than a dozen offers including penn state florida florida state and he's the brother of 2020 cornerback signee andre selvin so there was a a, a big connection there i talked to andre Sell their dad earlier this year and i assume he told miles the same thing as he told andre he's like yeah i mean take your time but if you think you want to play at michigan there's no sense in getting a bunch of other offers if you feel comfortable at michigan and i know the the family grew up big michigan fans his dad was a huge charles woodson fan growing up so i mean this isn't really a surprise What also isn't a surprise, the other 22-2022 commit is the brother of Ben Van Sumerin. So the brother is Alex Van Sumerin, a 2022 defensive lineman from Essexville, Garber. So two family connections in that
0: class as well. Harbaugh loves the family connections, if you figure out. Now, Now, the fact that it's the same as the 21 and 22 recruits, does that mean they have a lot of work to do in the Early year or that they've just got a head start on the later year. What, what, yeah, I mean, they're, they're.
1: I mean, in the next couple months, I, I assume there'll be a lot more announcements. They're a little. I mean, I feel like they're a little bit behind at this point. There's several teams of Big Ten with already a, a handful of commits in that twenty twenty to one class, um, but there's still not any really
2: need to get worried at this point. There's plenty of time left. And we'll see what happens. When you compare it to 2020's recruiting class, they are behind. But they got so many commitments so early with 2020. It was weird. Like, I mean, typically they'll get commitments up until, I can remember in previous classes, up until signing day in, in February. With the 2020 class, they nailed down a lot of kids early on. This year sounds like it doesn't seem like they're going to get as many or as early. But I don't, I don't think they're in any trouble at all.
1: Yeah, for instance, right now Ohio State has nine commits in that 20, 21 class, Wisconsin eight, uh, Iowa six, so I mean there's definitely other schools that have kind of jumped off to a quicker start in, in recruiting in that class, but
2: yeah, there's still plenty of schools that are haven't really... The, Keep in the, mind, too, and this is just me theorizing, but since they brought in Josh Gass as offensive coordinator last last January, there's been a philosophical change in the type of kid they recruit on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Maybe that has something to do with them being a little behind schedule at this point. I don't know. But you've seen that in the type of receiver they brought in, in the last class, bringing in shorter, more slot guys. Um, so maybe that, that plays a factor, too. I, I don't know. That's just me theorizing at sure. this point.
0: Anthony Campanelli, coach, staying put. He is. Is that because... Rutgers went in a different direction or he will prefer to stay
2: or I mean we don't it know it so, so it sounds like he turned them down Campanelli was Rutgers first choice as defensive coordinator Greg Schiano's in his first year as many of us know uh, he's been putting together staff his lone open spot the last I don't know seven to ten days has been the defensive coordinator position all reports out of New Jersey including our sister site nj.com Quoting sources at Rutgers. All indications have been that Campanelli was their first choice. He was the guy they wanted. It sounds like, and again, our our colleagues over at NJ.com are reporting as well that they offered to make Campanelli the highest paid defensive coordinator in the history of the school. What that dollar amount amounted to be, I don't know. I I presume close to a million dollars a year. He apparently has turned him down. He's staying. Now, Campanelli's name came up a few weeks ago as well for the Boston College job. Uh, Jeff Hafley, the old co-offense coordinator at Ohio State, took the Boston College job. He wanted Campanelli as well for the defensive coordinator job at Boston College. They went in a different direction there. It's unclear whether he turned them down or Boston College went in a different direction. Mm-hmm. That, and Then it became Michigan and Rutgers. Our, again, our colleagues over at NJ.com are reporting there was a bidding war for Campanelli uh, between Rutgers and Michigan. I don't know exactly what that means, but with Rutgers going in a different direction, hiring Rob Smith, he was a analyst at Texas a this past season, former defensive coordinator at Minnesota. It sounds like Capanelli's staying at Michigan. I presume that means he's going to get a new contract of some yeah, sort. promotion. I mean, yeah, there's obviously promotion. Partridge left, Like he could move up in the coaching ladder
0: even within Michigan. Yeah. You know, that, order.
2: Right. Could that mean his job in a secondary, special teams coordinator? Could he possibly be a co-defensive coordinator with Don Brown? Uh, that remains to be seen. I presume some type of pay raise is involved here. He's just entered his second year of his two-year agreement here at Michigan. Uh, he was making a little over four hundred thousand dollars a year. So we're going we're to get the new updated contract details for the next few weeks, assuming there are some. I would be surprised if his pay jumps significantly, upwards of you know close to five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year for a guy is you know, eight, You know he's young, thirty-seven, he's pretty inexperienced yeah. overall in the college
0: game, and yet. He's in the middle of a bidding war. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good. I guess it speaks to maybe his value too uh, within Michigan, as not just as a coach, but as a recruiter too. We've talked yes. about his the yeah. New Jersey connection. New Jersey. Him, Connect. and,
2: him and Partridge were Michigan's pipeline to state New Jersey. They lost that when Partridge left for Ole Miss earlier this month. So in a way, Campanella was kind of one of the last holdout to the last guy there. Um, so they they probably felt the need to keep him. Harbaugh felt the need. He's a young guy. He's he, I guess he's a he's a brash, bold guy. You know, Josh Uche was on record this season as saying. He He's uh, more of a hard ass than Don Brown. Uh-huh. To use my language. But so it's Campanelli's a guy that Harbaugh feels like he wanting to keep. He's, he's clearly made an effort to keep. Uh, it sounds like he's staying put for 2020 at the very least. So he's still here, but some players are gone. Several are, yeah. It's hard to keep track at this point since the last time we recorded who has left. I I do know a couple guys. True Wilson running back. He announced he was going to leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name is in the transfer portal. Presumably he's going to leave. Safety Jalen Kelly Powell is in the transfer portal. Not surprised either one of these guys... Uh, Wilson is, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about a ton now. Michigan's bringing back a ton of guys. Running back, all three guy, all the three other significant contributors last this past season will be back next season. Chris, Chris Evans will be here. We talked a lot about Blake Corum. Uh, Michigan will be deep at running back. True Wilson probably looked at it like he gets some carries elsewhere. He has set to graduate, so he will get his Michigan degree. So he's electing to move on. Jalen Kelly Powell, uh, more interesting, I think, just because defensive back room could probably use him. He's been at safety for the better part of the last couple of years. But Michigan seems like they have their safeties in place for next year as well. Brett Hawkins and, and Daxton Hill. Also, maybe he just want to play backup and wants to get you know snaps elsewhere. That remains to be seen. Uh, but yeah, I mean Michigan's been busy. Michigan players have been busy in the transfer portal. Uh, but a lot of these guys, again, like I mentioned, aren't huge surprises. They're guys that you know see the handwriting on the wall, so to speak, in terms mm-hmm. of their playing time, and they wanted to go elsewhere to try and get it. Can't blame them. But yeah, that's it pretty much on the transfer transfer news.
1: Might as well mention a little hockey. There hasn't been much positive Michigan hockey news this year. I'll allow it. <laughs> but uh, Wolverines started the second half of the season with a sweep, a road sweep over number fourteen Notre Dame, winning three to one and three to nothing on the road. Still under five hundred at nine nine eleven and two overall and four seven and one in the Big Ten. So a lot of work to do to get back into the NCAA tournament conversation. Uh, but a strong start to the second half of the year uh, for the Wolverines, behind some strong goaltending by uh, Aaron's favorite hockey player, Strauss Mann. So yeah, we'll we'll see if they can continue that momentum. They have another road series at uh, number six Penn State this weekend. Uh, a win or two there could really go a long way into uh, maybe jump-starting a second-half run to get them back into, the, like I said, the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament conversation. And uh former Michigan defenseman is headed to the All-Star Game in his rookie season as well. Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks was one of the last people voted into the All-Star Game, uh, having a tremendous rookie season, four goals, 27 assists, and 44 games. Um, been a, a pleasant surprise for a, a surprising Vancouver to Nux team that is currently holding down a playoff spot a lot. Not much was expected of them this year, but good to see Quinn uh, getting recognized. Early on in in his career, you do a write in vote for him.
0: I, I did oh, yeah. not do it. Too already. much integrity. As a <laughs> yeah. Even though you don't cover him anymore, is the NHL all fan vote? For the no. So there's uh for the, the initial
1: rosters were announced on December thirtieth, and one member of each team were put up to a vote and one player from each division got voted in and Hughes had the highest amount of votes for the Pacific Division. God, God, so that's, fans love him and I think it was deserved
0: too. I think what he's been able to do has uh, been pretty impressive. Well, that concludes this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. A lot of you folks have been rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Thanks to everyone who did that except that one person who gave us only three stars.
2: Keep it up if you haven't, if you haven't done it, do it. We'll be back next week.